Sign up to The Economist for in-depth curated expert analysis of world events and topics ranging from business and culture to science and technology. You'll get the weekly digital edition, online-only articles, curated newsletters on politics, the markets, science, culture and China and full access to The Economist Podcast Plus. The Economist is independent journalism for independent thinking. Go to economist.com and get your first month free. Talk Radio 77 WABC. Entertaining and informative. This is Sit in Friends in the Morning. 77 WABC. is about like welcome back folks thursday edition sitting friends in the morning our second annual dcd this proxy at dcd america radiothon danielle and gabe in studio but we're going to move over to jerusalem right now where alex trayman joins me for a fourth consecutive day he's been doing tremendous work for gnome every morning and me here he's the ceo jerusalem bureau chief of the jewish news syndicate alex good morning let's start with you of course how are you doing today uh, good morning, Sid. Doing well. That's good to hear. Thank God for that. I keep asking you about um, proximity, anything getting close to cities like Jerusalem and Tel Aviv. Of course, I'm aware of the original incursion in the south and Hezbollah firing rockets to north. But uh, you guys, Jerusalem, uh, Tel Aviv, the West Bank, you guys still relatively safe, yes? Uh, it's remained quiet, definitely on high alert, uh, the threat of local populations also getting involved uh, with the intifada, you know, that's been simmering here over the last couple of years that not everybody hears about, but a constant onslaught over the last two years of, of terror attacks, you know, killing one, killing two, attacking, but not succeeding. Uh, you know, there's been calls for a day of rage here on Friday uh, among the the Arab communities. So, you know, it's been quiet the last couple of days. People are walking around, people are going to the stores, uh, but but certainly a, a tremendous tension knowing that we could hear air raid sirens at any time and that uh, the terror threat is, is as high as ever. You know, we uh, here in the United States, just so you know, we, we saw that post, one of the Hamas leaders calling for a, um, a day of jihad tomorrow. Uh, even New York won high alert. I spoke to both the mayor and the police commissioner, Eddie Caban, is a good friend of mine, here in New York yesterday. And uh, they are taking this threat very, very seriously because they have called for a global jihad, not just in Israel. So they're actually telling people here, if you don't have to go outside or go to work, you may not want to. Is that basically the same feeling in Israel? 
Yeah, you know, I think that that's a very important point that this jihad, this isn't one organization, Hamas. There's there's a ring of jihad around Israel that's Hamas and Hezbollah uh, and, and Palestinian Islamic jihad and others, but it's not limited to inside and right around Israel. This is a global jihad, and that's the reason why we've seen so much anti-Semitism, uh, you know, on every social media platform. We've seen, we've seen uh, the the uh, desecration of synagogue. And it was just two years ago in one of the more recent uh, flare-ups between Israel and Hamas when Israel launched its Guardian of the Walls uh, operation that Jews were attacked on the streets of Los Angeles and uh, in New York and elsewhere. So, yes, I I do believe that as uh, Israel continues to strike back at at Gaza and Hamas, which it is doing uh, with tremendous intensity, that there is going to be this awakening of a global jihad. And I think that Jews around the world are very much at risk. Alex Trayman, that's uh, that's alarming. Uh, JNS live in Jerusalem this morning. You know, you know what I think. You know, I think the president is an idiot. I know you know that. And I thought his speech was stale and lousy a couple of days ago. Now he's come out, Joe Biden, and Joe Biden has vowed to rescue the hostages held by Hamas. Netanyahu hasn't even done that because the truth is, is they're in tunnels somewhere. The tunnels may be booby-trapped. Yes, we want to get every hostage out, Americans and Israelis. But for the president to vow to get them, how short-sighted and silly is he to make that promise when he has no idea what it's like right now in the Gaza Strip? Well, if what he means is that he is going to back Israel for as long as it takes. He didn't say, but he, 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 he didn't say that. He, he, he said that correct, a couple of days ago. He, he said, I vow we're going to get these hostages out. How stupid is that? Yeah, it, like I said, it, it's going to depend on, on you know how far he backs Israel. If he backs Israel to the to the hilt and and gives Israel all the resources it needs, which includes time and diplomatic support to to root out every last element of Hamas and to find these hostages, then it's great. But the the problem is that the the U.S. administration doesn't have a good track record of giving Israel the the backing that it needs diplomatically over the long term. They make great statements in the beginning of these conflicts. Uh, Anthony Blinken has already landed in Israel. He's meeting as we speak with Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu. And the the fear is that he's telling Netanyahu, uh, you know, that we're going to have to keep this limited and keep it proportional. And, okay, we understand you're upset, but, uh, you know, the international community doesn't want you to be doing this. And, and, actually seeing pressure on Netanyahu to, to, to comment. And it could also be that if uh, Biden is saying, you know, we'll get, the, we'll get the hostages out, maybe what he's saying is, you know, you, you, don't, you don't attack. We're going to work our diplomatic channels to get the hostages out, and that would be a tremendous uh, strategic mistake on Israel's part to listen. Well, what does Israel feel about this? You know, again, uh, we want to get everyone out, and, and Israel values a life more than any other country in the world. We've been over this a couple of times already this week, but in the uh, process of annihilation, and that's what this war has become, right, Alex? It's a war of annihilation. How realistic is it to think that these hostages will survive? Yeah, I mean, that's the toughest question, and nobody wants to come to a realistic assessment of that, of course. But, uh, you know, with over 1,300 killed already, uh, you know, I I can't suggest that the prospects for getting these hostages out alive are high 
specifically considering, you know, the, the, the punishment that, that the IDF and the Air Force, you know, are inflicting in, in Gaza. You know? and, and right now, the, the, the real key is not so much about the present hostages, which are, are so important, but really about Israel's future. Because, you know, if we get the hostages out and then there's a ceasefire uh, somehow because that's negotiated or whatever the scenario is, uh, what that means is that Hamas still lives. Uh, and their their motivation for doing another attack is only higher than it was uh, pre- prior to, to Saturday morning. And, and what Israelis want to see is uh, a Hamas that no longer has the motivation to commit an attack, that no longer has the military capability to commit an attack, that no longer has any international legitimacy whatsoever. Uh, and, and so we, what we have to make sure is that there's not hostages taken again. And the only way to do that is to completely dismantle Hamas at this point. In the final two minutes, Alex, and again, I can't thank you enough for doing this. I'm sure we'll speak again tomorrow. I heard your report uh, earlier with Noam, and uh, one point it got very gruesome, but it is what it is. The president, Biden, said yesterday that he had seen the pictures of some of the dead children. And, of course, now the White House says, no, he didn't really see them, but he knows about them. That's not important. The point is, uh, whether he saw them or not, it happened. Dead babies, dead children. I know one kibbutz alone was waiting for the IDF to show up, and 130 people got massacred, waiting for the cops, uh, the IDF to show up. Uh, And there were beheaded children and dead bodies all over Israel. And now somebody has the gruesome task, correct me if I'm wrong, of going into these little villages and kibbutzes and cities and collecting not just bodies, but body parts. 